Thank you for rocking with the Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. It's your boy, Good Life underscore Russ. Thank you for tuning in every week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for us. You can find us on Facebook at Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. And you can find us on Instagram at Good Kickback. Yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy, Good Life underscore Russ, and this is the Good Life Podcast, the Kickback. Thank you for everybody that's been joining the Kickback. Thank you for everybody that's been sharing it. I don't want your money. Just share this shit, like this shit, talk about it, do something. So we got a very, very interesting and exciting show. Um, I have a new co-host. Hey. Miss Steph. We ain't going, we, we're, we're flirting with names right now. We're going to figure that out, but we're going to just call her Steph right now. And then we also have a wonderful guest in the building. We got Wally, a.k.a. Aesop the Poet. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Excited. That's good. It, it's it's great to have you on because I've known you for so long. Like, we've known of each other. You know what I mean? I feel like we've always bumped into the same crowd. You know how you just wander sometime in life and come back to reality? You're like, oh, like, <laughs> I seen you last time I was wandering around outside. Okay. So it's good to like actually get into and touch on, you know what I mean, what you got going on. So, so give us some insight. What What are your days like? What What are your passions? What are you focused on? So, um, my biggest focus is uh, anti racism. You know, um, I'm a licensed school counselor. I work in a couple of different high schools, and um, I work with uh, social emotional learning, and I work with teachers. And uh, since the pandemic, the shift has been from like social emotional learning and, and weaving equity and, and anti-racist policies in it. So it's like this this pandemic is, is showing a lot of people like what what our schools need, what they don't have and 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 how resourceful our kids are. So my thing is just like to 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 affect these systems. It's, it's all about systems right now. And so it gets. It gets kind of heavy sometimes, but the more I know, the more I learn, the more my whole thing is like, let, what what system are we going to dismantle today? Yeah. So I that's that. that's where I'm at with my during the day things. And nighttime, I'm working on a, a, a few poetry projects. Main one right now, Color of Summer, July second. We taking over the art museum first Fridays and doing all kind of things, that's fashion, so and yeah. fashion food. The flyer got me excited. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so dope. That's awesome. So so I guess I have so many questions. Um, something that's kind of been on my mind lately, though, which I think could kind of touch base and give the students some insight. How do you transition between doing both throughout a day? You know, how do you deal with the school through the day and then transform into the art world at night? Was that an easy transition for you? Well, it's been easy because at the school, I'm also the poetry slam coach. Really? So I'm, I'm at two, two schools. Oh, so man, that's fire. I, Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I team up with another teacher there, and then we just we, we do poetry during either their lunch or, you know, we just find that time to, to give them their voice. And, and the, our, our teams compete once a year. We didn't do it last year or this year because of the pandemic, but we get them ready to, to compete against schools across the district. So... It's, it's not that much of a transition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I, I don't have the uh, the energy I used to have, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it stresses you, you know yeah, what I'm saying? So, absolutely. So even during the day, I'm, I'm planning conferences, uh, professional developments I got to give. I'm on different committees. And, and my main thing right now is just learning how to say no. Like, I, I got to yeah. say 
know yeah. and feel good about that. Yeah. Um, you know, so. Yeah, I'm there as well. Um, a lot of times, uh, and I'm learning these lessons, like, that is your worth, you know, what yeah. you turn down. Like, yeah. the job that you're like, no, yeah. I'm doing this right now. Yeah. And it's, and they be lucrative jobs. They yeah. be, be yeah. they be looking good over there, yeah. but you yeah. gotta turn away. I'm yeah. realizing if I don't give more of myself to this one thing that I'm passionate about, then I end up spread all over the place and everything mm-hmm. is shit. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't give my all to this, even if I give a lot of myself to it on one day and then I can grab a little bit more of something else the next day too, mm-hmm. at some point you have to whole focus on something and you have to mm-hmm. put everything else out the brain. I agree. That's important. That's important. That's a lesson I'm learning right now is to like not get burnt out, like mm-hmm. not overwork myself and work smarter mm-hmm. in certain areas. You know, how do, how do, how does that work for y'all? Like throughout the day. So I started this year doing a mindfulness. Like I got trained in youth yoga, but okay. I do. I, I did a mindfulness for all the teachers in the school. So every day in Zoom, we take about five minutes. It's weird because there's not a lot of black men in, in the space of mindfulness and self-care. I agree. So I would lead like a like kind of a word of the day, uh, some breathing techniques, some some um, you know just just how you, how do you look at your body in terms of tension. So we did that like every day throughout the pandemic, and it, it helped. A lot of teachers was like, you know what, I, I needed this because they they were stressed out too. And I work with teachers. Right, so I give them strategies to, to work with youth. So the only time I really work with youth are the poetry piece, and then when I show them how to do these um, activities with the students to, to kind of make class a lot more fun and how to build relationships. They, they need to build relationships. Learning only takes place in the context of relationships. I agree. So, I agree. And I think that relationship, like, that is so important. And a lot of times... Uh, they they have their respect like we respect our mentors. You know that's yeah. why their right. teachings work so well. Right. It's because we respect we them so much. Yeah. And it's not nothing different than somebody else up the street is saying, but the message just resonates a little more. It sticks yeah. with you a little more when you care about you know the person saying it. So I agree that is very important. So how do you? So do you get um, any poems or any pieces that are racial that are you know what I mean where the kid is kind of like speaking on their experiences through that? I, yeah, I, I tell like one thing I tell um, I tell white kids too. I say uh-huh. you know what um, I don't want you to come in here and not um, and feel like you can't talk about race because I you know this isn't that that colorblind space. This right. is a space where. We want to know everything about each other, and, and, and the conversations get more interesting when you know more about me and I know more about you. So mm-hmm. don't don't come in here feeling like you know I'm colorblind. No, let's let's yeah. let's dive into it. Let's Absolutely. talk about okay. it. It's it's okay, and, and that kind of sets up the, the structure for future talks mm-hmm. about race because that that is like the I, I lead a, a book um, a book club with um with with teachers at another high school mostly white okay about talk having talks about race because the students they they work with are african-american and diverse yeah so they have they struggle with that so i i gotta go in there and 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 we we have these discussions they're pretty good discussions but Mm -hmm. you know with the kids i tell them like no we we, we're gonna dive in yeah so yeah that's definitely important i think that as far as racial tension goes, the colorblind is just basically you turn a blind eye to everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And teaching it at a kid level is super important yeah. because racism is taught at a kid yeah. level. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, it's funny because I was just, 
like these lessons I think about even in the context of my own home. You know what I mean? I have situations with my kids where it's like, okay, if I'm going to prepare to tell you this and speak on this, I have to give you the whole. Because I think mm-hmm. sometimes we tell kids or we'll say something to a child that's racist and you're not giving them the whole context mm-hmm. of this. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of irresponsible. So yeah. like, yeah, you're teaching them something, but you're not teaching them the whole thing. Yeah. Right. And I think sometimes too, that's where you run into um, like little white kids saying the N word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, which is just kind of like, okay, like it, it. This isn't yeah. always something we should just be super offended by. Like, yeah. me as a physician, I'm trying to understand and see like why, why, <laughs> like right. how we get here, little man. Like, right. come here, come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but, blame you, but come on. <laughs> but, but see, for me. For me, it's like teachers even need to get away from that, that whole individual racism piece and need to talk about the system. It's you almost setting a kid up if you tell them, be a doctor, be this, be that, but you don't tell them that white doctors make more than black doctors. Absolutely. Yeah. And you tell a young lady, yeah, you can be a doctor, but you don't tell her that male doctors make more than the female doctors. It's like you're setting them up. It ain't about... See, for me, the N-word, that's the easy part. It's easy to say, okay, this person's bad because they use the N-word. This person's good. No. Let's talk about... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's talk about systems. I want to talk about systems. Yeah. 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 And I feel like that's when we can get, you know, change. But I think, think too, there's even another side of that spectrum that some Mm -hmm. of us are having a conversation about. And and I'm all for pro-black. I'm all for black wealth. But... Mm -hmm. It's like when we get that, then what? Right. Because <laughs> we ain't talking about that either. Right. It's, it's almost Because I don't like, want it to become colorism all over again. Right. You get what I'm saying? Where light-skinned people become like white people in people's eyes and we just move everybody down a shade. Like, yeah. I yeah. feel like that could happen too. So it's like we got to be talking about everything. What are you saying? I feel like now us black people, younger black people, all of us as a whole, um, okay, so my age, I'm 32. I hadn't, like, seen, like, the Rodney King era of whatever and okay. and my mom being, like, them whiteies, something, something. And I'm like, Mom, what are you talking about? <laughs> the old people are the same, you know what I'm saying? And so, for <laughs> it's like we're in a whole new world. Like, it, eyes are open and yeah. everything is completely different. And we need to yeah. be taught everything all over again yeah. in the right way and how it really is, not what it looks like. Not what they want to show yeah, us. Not what really, it could be. What it, exactly. <laughs> what it, what it is. really, really is in yeah. every way. Yeah. Man, okay, I'm 32 to completely opposite story, by the way. But <laughs> I grew up, like, around mostly either black or Hispanic. And then when I got into sports, probably middle school, high school, was when I really started being around white people more. But it was through sports. So it was like, it wasn't pretty. You know what I mean? We was going to play Thomas Worthington. Like, yeah, they saying some racist shit. And we saying some racist I got some racist jokes too for y'all too. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the racist shit because everybody talks shit about everybody. You know true. what I mean? If the shit ain't true, why like you worried about guy. it? Yeah. <laughs> but I got to experience that. And then after that point too is when I was really in it. Because then for, um, for college, like I went to a white school. And then when I came back here, like, I lived in Polaris. So, like, I mean, I had the tattoos, the size, hair, everything. So they all treated me like a drug dealer. The whole neighborhood. And I couldn't have too many people in my house. They calling the cops, like, always loud. Legit, like, was going through that type shit all the time. You know what I mean? And it was this sweet Polish couple. They lived next door to me. She was seven. She was nice and shit. Like, she was my only friend in the neighborhood. And we was there for a year, and I left. And I moved to New Albany, which it was cooler, mostly, again, because of the school districts. And I went to Columbus Public, you know what I mean? But I also went to a private school, too. And I went to Franklin for middle school. So, like, 
that was a whole new world for me because I was a North Sider. So when I went to Franklin, my brother and sister went to Mifflin Middle. I'm the youngest. Mm-hmm. And they were terrorists. So my mom's like, you're not going here. <laughs> and I was like, living around. I live walking distance to Mifflin Middle. I was South Sider with the Mifflin Middle. Yeah, she like, you're not going here. So yeah. Franklin, the new school in town, I, you know what I mean? It's alternative. <laughs> we wear uniforms. Yeah. Oh, no, that was juvie. <laughs> it was it, it was juvie. <laughs> yeah, I, I stayed in uh, Sunbury when I first got to uh, Columbus uh-huh. from Milwaukee. We stayed in Sunbury Square. Yeah, there yeah, was a yeah. Fence and Mifflin Middle was like still right, like that. Right <laughs> it's still know? like that. <laughs> yeah, Mifflin Middle was it was interesting. Mifflin yeah. Mifflin in general, but I think it's, it's crazy how much school has changed. Like school has changed a lot. And I went to Northland, and Northland wasn't. We had a lot of black people. You know what I mean? But we our school was huge, so it was super diverse too. And our lunchroom looks looks like a typical Degrassi lunchroom. Like, the cool kids over here, the athletes, the jock. Like, it was completely yeah. segregated. And then within the black community, we had beef with the African community. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's kind of like, and I didn't even start seeing us as the same until I got older. It's just that mindset that you're yeah. in. And, and yeah. when you don't know no better as a kid, you don't know no better. Yeah. This is your enemy. You don't know no I different. You get what I mean? I find that a lot in racism in people everywhere, but especially kids. Yeah. When things are not even meant to be racist, and you just simply don't know. Yeah. You don't know that you can't say that. You don't know that yeah, that's not yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, two very quick stories. One, I had a friend. I believe her name was Nadia in middle school at mm-hmm. Mifflin Middle because, you know, they had the ESL program yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, somebody, one of my mom's friends told me that all Somalians' birthdays is January 1st. Right. <laughs> So I was I like, oh, okay, you know, and Nadia was my friend. I yeah. didn't have any issues with Nadia. So I asked her, like, what's your birthday? And she was like, in April. Why? She already knew where you, you was going was with it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Not meaning yeah. to meet us. I didn't I know. Was, she I was pissed. She never talked to me again. I oh. simply just did not know. I was going to get you something. And then I had a white friend. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> I had a white friend uh. who... Well, she say, I am Italian, thank you very much, not white. So okay. she says, you want to hear a joke? I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> she says, why are African Americans so tall? This is a younger girl. She's younger than me. She's just yeah, yeah, yeah. a cute little girl. Um, probably like five years younger than me, though. But she's like, I was like, well, I mean, we're not all really that tall. I'm short myself. So yeah, just yeah. go well, with the question. With I'm yeah. like, okay, <laughs> why? She said, because they're Negroes. Get it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bust out laughing, dying laughing. I'm looking at her like, girl, what? Yeah. Okay, you can't say I that. I don't think we can be friends. She about to go tell Tasha. I grab her by the back of the chair. Like, Tasha gonna kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> that jump Don't stays that. here. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> hey, but that's, that's, so how do you deal with that in, in the school atmosphere, knowing, you know, kids will be kids, but also having to be, you know, authoritarian? Or do you well, just well, deal with teachers? Well, no. So we do, so I, I model for teachers what, what systems we want to put in place. Gotcha. So we okay. do a, we do a youth forum over at Ridge. Um, it's called No Cap. And okay. the kids came up with the name. And our like first that. our first um, segment was colorism. And, man, these kids went in. They, they were talking about, you know, do light-skinned kids get treated better? Do dark-skinned? Mm. How do African? So we, we had a real, it was a real intelligent conversation. We've been nice. doing, that was um, two years ago. And we did, no, that was last year. And then we did a few this year. And then we did some in person now that we're back. But we, we talk about it at, at, at the schools that I go to. We get the kids together. I bring the school counselors in, a few teachers, and we just we just have this discussion during lunch and get it out there. And I and what I do, 
as I said, it's a judge-free zone. We're mm-hmm. not judged. It's mm-hmm. kind of, if you ever been to the Poets Lounge, like we do the questions, yeah. like we'll start off, I'll be like, you know what, you do not have to even agree with anybody, but you got to respect. And so Absolutely. we set those rules down, and the kids feel free to say anything. And it's not disrespect, it's, it's you know. They're you, clearing up misunderstandings. Right. Yep, yep. So, right. yeah, that's how we, we, we have that, we, you know. And, and my job is a, is a three-year grant, so after next year, I'm done, so I got to put systems in place. So I'm putting the music yeah. talks, putting the poetry in there, I'm putting some, some things to where they can they can look at whether or not something is racist or, you know, so my, my whole thing is systems, you know, because yeah. if, if it becomes a Wally show, when I'm gone, it all falls yeah. apart. Right. And that's, so it's not about me, right. it's about what do you put in place that can go beyond you. Absolutely. Okay, okay, I like that. So is there any similarity from what you do in that that you use when you run your events or in the poetry world? I, I use the same format, okay. and, and everybody think it's like, because so with the poetry world, I, I got tired of, of poets getting up on stage talking all this junk like they're experts and, and not, and, and kind of talking down to the crowd like I'm this big guru yeah. in poetry. So I'm like, so, <laughs> I so, like I, so, so I said, well, then let's do questions. So yeah. I, I handed questions out to everybody in the audience. I said, actually, it's blank. And I'm like, ask a question, and we're going to ask the poets, right? So beyond you got to step outside your poem if you got the answers right and, and we're gonna have a practical talk and then the thing is i let all the audience talk first like i don't even act like we're the experts i'm like this is gonna be a real humble situation i'm gonna see what you all know because y'all got the answers then at the end i'll give like the mental health you yeah. know expert yeah. lens i'm not even the expert like and i try to give facts but i do the same thing with the kids like I'm like, adults, y'all not allowed to talk right now. Yeah. I, the, the kids got the answer. Now, if we yeah. got we to gotta support it or we got to, you know, if there's misinformation, we say something. But all kids first. And then adults yeah. can jump in. So that yeah. exact same format and, and, and the principals love it. Everybody loves it because it, it gives voice to the kids, which is what social-emotional learning is, giving right. voice to the kids, the teachers, everybody. I think that's important because I feel like kids don't talk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They only talk to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And if this person know the same thing you know, mm-hmm. which is not nothing <laughs> about adult stuff, yeah. who's going to teach you stuff? Who's yeah. going to help shape you mm-hmm. besides the the lot of music? Exactly. Know and y'all only know what, what you all know. You got to get out of your box. So it's important for them to voice what they do or don't yeah. know or how they feel so that somebody can tell them what's real. Yeah. I agree, man. So how, so kind of the um, transition, how, so how long have you done art? Like how long has art been a part of your life? You know what, I, um, I've always written like since the seventh grade, but because mm-hmm. I listened to so much noise, I, I kind of put it away when I went to high school. Okay. And I got back into it in like my early 20s and I saw a movie, it was called Slam, mm-hmm. right? Where this dude was in jail, right? Um, his name, leaves me right now but he was in jail it was like uh, it was in dc and they was about to like get him saw williams right okay. and they two two sides is about to beef and he busts out in this poem in the middle of the of the yard man <laughs> like this slam poem everybody was like well damn you know <laughs> and i said i want to do that you know yeah. that's what i want to do my poetry and so my first night was in atlanta at the um apache cafe yeah. down there and I had to Love drink. Them. I had to drink two glasses of wine, man, because I had my nerves were so <laughs> messed up. Roof. And so, you know, I I couldn't even read my poem at that point. You know? <laughs> but I did it, you know. 
did it, but that's how I kind of got into it. And then I, I always worked in the community. I, I got a, a little beef with prevention right now, but I always worked in prevention. Okay. And um, and so because I was a poet, my my boss, you know, she she she's deceased. She's my mentor. She said, I need you to do a poem on success. I need you to do a poem on violence. I need you to do this because we need this poetry to reach the kids and then talk to them about all this stuff. So that's kind of how I got there. So, uh, and, but I, I, I kept, I was afraid, man. Like I had this fear, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's one of my fears, crowds, right? People don't mm-hmm. know that, but I have an anxiety about crowds. And so I would drink a lot, right? So I said, you know, I got to do something that's going to get me out of this get this fear off so I started doing erotic poetry right Mm -hmm. because I felt like if I can do that and I get I I can say anything exactly (laughs) and so I did that for a while and it actually it helped me get over this because I can say anything but I was really good at it but it was funny it was funny slash erotic and then it just it became a thing so I stopped doing it when I went back to school to get into education I said I I can't do both of these worlds so yeah so now you know that's that was my artistic journey (laughs) personally it's it's i love hearing everybody's journey i i i've (laughs) always write wrote poetry since i was a kid since i could write i used to fill up books and then when i got into sports i just put it all i didn't have time for it because sports was like my life you know what i mean in school and being social which like i had to learn into public speaking was like one of my biggest overcome fears like in my life that oh i used to yeah Yeah. i wouldn't do it i'll take myself out the game (laughs) like i'm not going so once i started doing that and i always used to admire like the um the public speakers you know what i mean especially when they just get up there and talk shit to the crowd like just nothing to them i'm like oh man like i wish yeah I'll be yeah. so nervous. I, when they have like um, people on stage uh-huh. and they turn around and they show the celebrity or whomever from the back and they show the crowd, like how? Yeah. How are you? <laughs> Look you at all the people. All the kids. <laughs> yeah. But I think too, the, like it's great to um, to be that because when you were kids, we were looking for that. We were looking for somebody to yeah. to emulate and something yeah. to chase after. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. I feel like that that kind of derailed us sometimes too as a kid because we were given the notion like. Go out there and find yourself, but like you yeah. gotta create yeah. yourself. Right. There is yeah. no you, future you out there nowhere. Yeah, there's, there's no you. you. Who you wanna be? At home, at, when you, yeah, work on yourself. <laughs> See, I, I got, I got beef with those people too, man, because they came out like, like I, we were in uh, Sullivan Gardens, right? Okay. And so we had mentors come out there, and people talk to us like, hey, find your passion, you know, be who yeah. you wanna be. But they never told us to get money. They never told yeah. us to get money. Yeah. Like, and so and so a lot of us was was doing what we wanted to do, but we were broke. Yeah. And, and we didn't know how to build wealth. They That's never true. taught yeah. us that. I'm like, you know, it's cool to do your passion, but start us out at 40 or 50 grand. You right. know what I'm saying? We can't, we, we all believe that. And we, 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 we were like dancing and we were, uh, we were doing all kind of stuff, man. Broke. But they didn't tell us to get money. I got to love hate with that too. Because I know it's us, but that stuff's supposed to be taught in the house. That's not really even their responsibility. So I'm kind of, to play devil's advocate, you get what but, I mean? But we, but, but we didn't have, <laughs> oh no, yeah, so. I, well, it, it wasn't the time for it. Like, there's a lot of things I'm, like, doing now and I'm pioneering that I'm accepting. I mm-hmm. won't get to a, a, yeah. a pre, it's for my kids. Yeah. I won't mm-hmm. benefit from yeah. this at all. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that that's what that was, unfortunately, yeah. like. But, but when you, but, <laughs> 
Here's we weren't taught though. those things either. Our families didn't know either. Like I, our families, I agree with our, you. Our families trusted I like agree these with you 100%. motivational speakers, and so now, now even with the motivational speakers, yeah. like the books I've been reading, man, I'm like, don't come to a school talking about character and all that stuff. If you don't teach the kids to dismantle a system or, or how to partake in a system. Don't come here talking about be Absolutely. good or be this or you don't even know these kids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, teach them teach them how to change the system. Yeah. If, if you don't teach them how to change the system, then then you just come to collect a check. Absolutely. You, what are you doing? You making them yeah. feel good? Like come on. You're saying one message, but this kid needs shoes, this kid needs food, this kid needs a roof. You know what I mean? This kid needs transportation. Absolutely. Like they yeah. all need different things. Yeah. But even too, like what I choose to more focus on is learning styles, like because we weren't yeah. taught that either. Right. We were given one learning and style. That was it. And if that wasn't I hate taking slow. tests. <laughs> I'm a hands-on visual learner. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just who I am. You know what I mean? That's who I am. And I could do a test, like mm-hmm. I could do it, but it sucks. I'm not learning from this. No, I hate no. it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what else we don't do, man? We don't talk to people after they graduate. Yeah, that's true. It, it's like we don't. You're an adult know. now. That's true. Look. I it's, hate it's that. Like, it's like, how, like even if you say, well, okay, well, how do we do, right? Yeah. How, how, did, did we give you what you needed, right? Yeah. And how are you doing now? And and that's how you should like go back and correct things in, in the educational system because yeah. it's like with you, you talking about like. You weren't good at, at, at one form of test. Yeah. You're a visual person or a kinesthetic or an yeah. audio person. So, you know, l- tell us, right, so yeah. that we can change that so we're not trying to push everybody through one test, man. But we don't we do not do that real well, man. Don't we know. don't, but, too, it's like the things are disappearing. I went to high school 0304. At yeah. that point, we had completely lost everything. There was no driver's ed. There was no home ec. Yeah. There was no wood shop. So those things was already yeah, in place. They, they took them out there, the yeah. schools when we got there. Yeah. So us, again, us complaining about it and them saying, yeah, we'll work on it. And, and they work on it in eight years. How does that benefit me right, right now in this situation? It don't. So it's like, it's hard for me to focus on that because two, I got to figure out what college I'm going to and right. what I'm about to do after this. And I, I feel <laughs> it like ain't nobody helping me with that either. With the schools that have better you see, it, oh, it was ugly for us in high school. We was doing, We was like we were in college in high school. We got like eight years, some maybe 12 of college. Because high school, we was pretty much, we didn't have no guidance. We no. didn't have no yeah, one saying, do this, do that. We was on websites like FAFSA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sally Mae. <laughs> was this? That's for sure. No, that's for sure. And you had a little more helper inside if you play sports. Yeah. So I was fortunate to be in that pool. I can't I speak for I people sports. who didn't, didn't have, have even coaches in that. They was just on their own. Well, I think that was another thing that boys had. Like, so I ran track and I was a cheerleader. Yeah, and it was. Like that. Boys I got had an episode that. about that. that. Women's college sports and college was not nothing that people think it was for me. That's what pisses me off. I got back my hood friends, my people that was in jail. I was like, oh, y'all was just living it up. I was like, college was hell, y'all. You don't know what college is. I was getting offended. Like, you don't know my life. <laughs> college was hard as hell. I had to grow up. I had to be responsible. Just like <laughs> <It> was that. terrible. <laughs> but I needed it. And I and I went to college out of state. So I encourage a lot of people to do that too. Yeah. I was yeah. going to go to ODU and I did some classes at Columbus State. And the kind yeah. of issue was it felt like high school. It was yeah. everybody I yeah. was used to seeing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of things that now, again, it's awesome that we're having these conversations. Yeah. But it's kind of bittersweet. It's kind of triggering because, you yeah. know, I, yeah. I wish I had these things. Like, try to get my kids to be to selfish. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. That would be dope. I um, wanted to. I wanted to go to France. To yes. We, and we, we all wanted to. But it yeah, was like, I to make pasta how do you do that? <laughs> well, what do we, well, how do, we didn't know. So, yeah. period, the point, I have narrowed down my job as a parent. Yeah. Period. 
My point of being here is to teach you how to be a well-rounded adult, how to respect people, how to care about people's feelings, and just be a good person in general. If you don't like that you're in trouble right now, you're going to have to stop doing it because <laughs> that's Absolutely. it. I'm not doing nothing but my job. Yeah, I agree. So I'm trying to push these people into being their own independent people. Mm-hmm. And when I say independent, I mean think independently. Mm-hmm. You don't need somebody else. Hey, go into business with me. You're going to do it yourself. You don't need somebody to, hey, go study abroad with me. You're going to mm-hmm. do it yourself. So yeah. I'm trying to make these little people very, yeah. very independent. You don't yeah. need nobody. Yeah. Not me, it. not nobody. Yeah. So I'm going to see if I can get them out <laughs> across the country <laughs> somewhere so that so they So how is it grow. for you as an educator when it's time to not move on from a child, but, you know, they grow up. They go on to do different things. How is it easy for you to let go? Or are you like, man, I wonder how this kid's doing. I wonder how this. How is that for you? Well, um, no, it's... it's since I teach relationships, I, you know, I, I want to incorporate more African culture into, like, SEL. Okay. You know, social-emotional learning, because it's about building relationships, but Absolutely. it's about building a, a tribe, building a village. Yeah. So you really don't want to just push someone out the door. That's I think that's a white supremacist, okay, this... That's you on your own. Do you, you know? No, no. You part of a community now. Okay. You, you part of this is this is home. You know, and, and hopefully we can start establishing that. Like you know, th- that citizenship. I, I belong here. This is my school. This is my community, th- and I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to come back. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's a cycle. So that's that's where I wanted to go. Now will it go there? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a that's lot. What, that's a go. Yeah. I feel that. I, I agree with that. I think village and community is what something, too, we can get back to. Yeah. But also, I think this new age, we got to accept some things we have to reestablish. I think sometimes we get caught up on, well, when it was good, it looked like this, so I got to make it look like this again. Like, no, it's got to look, it can be, you know, it can resemble this, but it's got to be something new. It's got to yeah. be something relevant to now. And we won't get that until unless we know what's going on with the kids. And, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to assume how to fix a problem you fix, but their problems are a little different. They are. You, you know what I mean? Right. You, I, I didn't think of that that way, but you're, you're yeah. Right. It, you, I do right. it all the time, and I I have to daily. It sucks, but I have to humble myself daily, especially yeah. with my kids, because yeah. I be thinking I know some stuff, and then yeah. I say yeah. some stuff, yeah. and I have to be thinking like, did I was that right? Let me research that. <laughs> they gonna go around saying this. People gonna be like, huh? Looking at them crazy. Let me prepare them. <laughs> well, you, you know, in our forum, one thing the one, number one thing the kids hated at, at the high school level. They said they hate. When adults say back in the day, they yeah, we do that a lot, they, and, and that's that's our go-to move, right? It is. And we they, they, too. Yeah, they they sat there and said, "We don't like that. We don't want y'all to do that." And then in the group, somebody like one of the counselors like, "Well, see, but back," and I'm like, "Oh, you didn't do that." And then they kind of got into it, but I I had to do some self-reflection, uh, like even with my daughter. I'm like, because I do that all the time, and I said, "Okay, they're telling me they hate it, so let let me try to." fix that i gotta yeah. i gotta find another way i agree but they gotta find some common ground too because yeah. like when i not, again not to compare but when <laughs> i was a kid <laughs> back in it. the golden days <laughs> when i was little all the time i just realized i'd do it yeah, <laughs> but when we were kids like i studied history i yeah. love history yeah. i'm a historian yeah. so i studied the me elders. Too. so when they were it. saying back yeah. in the day i was already it was yeah. relative to me so kind of too, that's that's kind of a narrative now too. It's not relative with them because y'all so focused on now in the yeah. future. Yeah, it's like y'all don't forgot about how y'all y'all, y'all push us out. We right. ain't got all grades and stuff yet. We still young. 
Yeah, y'all trying to push us out the world. Well, they got technology in on. Like, no, that was stuff before that. They got access to that information, too. They got all this information. I can't even put my head where they're at right now. It's scary. It's scary. I didn't know the stuff they know. I wasn't exposed to the stuff they were exposed to at the level they exposed to it. So I can't. That's something that wrapped my head around. Oh, it's scary. I'm always trying to figure that out. Like I'm always like, why do you know that? Okay. And then we have to adapt because it. You know it. So now. And then on the back end, there's nine year olds with twenty year old anxiety. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's that's that, that's new. Yeah. I'll be looking at that like you too. What you be worried about? Everything. My daughter, like she's nine. Yeah. Like you were like an old lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, I hate when my ten year old does that because she's she looks stuck. Mm-hmm. It's like it's okay. Well, it's ten whatever thoughts you want to shoot out. You whatever can't. you want to do, it's okay. Just do it. <laughs> Go. Just whatever you're thinking, say it. Just so we can move forward. But she'd be like. Put the in the like <laughs> settle, just settle. We can go forward. Anxiety in kids is real, it's crazy. Like, what's wrong? Well, what do you think is gonna happen? I'm right here. What do you think is gonna happen? You done overthink playing the whole recess. You done missed right, the whole recess overthinking what game to play. Stuff, like, which shoes she's gonna put on? Like, you know, just put some on. You wanna play? Yes, it's the simplest stuff. That's, but, my, that's my biggest challenge right now in life, ra- raising a 12-year-old uh-huh. daughter. That's co-parenting because she goes between both of our places. And that's, that's out of all the things I'm doing, this art show, mm-hmm. school, that parenting is the toughest thing. <laughs> For sure. Parenting's the hardest the thing ever hardest in the job. world, period. Yeah. We're doing a, a mental health panel on parenting, Juneteenth. So, <laughs> yeah, that's... Parenting I mean, is great. It's great. And parenting yeah. as, <laughs> as a black person is really hard as well. So. And then it's it's like, it's being adults, I mean, I mean it's great too, because there's no sympathy. And then, like, we're breaking barriers and breaking trauma, but nobody cares, you know what I mean? You still got to be a good, a great parent. And yep. like, yeah, we're working on it. You know what I mean? But like, I understand both sides. You know what I mean? Even when I talk shit, like I talk shit from experience. Like I was in this position before and I got out of it. So like, I was a bad parent in the beginning. Because my first son I lost. So at that point I was just like, all right, you know, not getting close to any more kids in case they go, in case they head out early. And I don't feel like parents should have to bury their children. You know what I mean? So that was already just like, all right. So then getting into it, like, when it started to become important, I got better at it. Like, you, like anything else, you put more time into it, you work more. It's scary at first now, too, because they a little older and y'all know each other. You're like, hey, stranger. <laughs> They're like, dad? I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's me. And then, too, it's like you got to see yourself as a parent. That's an, an, yeah. another thing we don't speak on enough. You know what I mean? Like, Visually, we have to, to feel these things. You got to look in the mirror and see yourself as these things. Or it's hard for you to go out there and be that every day. Yeah, yeah. And you get to telling yourself and living in despair, like, oh, I'm not a good parent. I'm an absent parent. Then you're just going to keep adding on to mm-hmm. those days you've right. been gone. And it's not going to mm-hmm. be But if you're looking in the mirror, like, okay, I'm a parent who wasn't as great, but I'm trying to be better. Because you can. You can do yeah, that you every can. day. You, yep. can, you can work on being a little bit better mm-hmm. every day, day no just matter what bit. point you're at. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So it's the mentality. and I had to learn, like, from... The differences from parent, my parents and me being a parent. Yeah, yeah. And um, kids are not just to be seen and not heard. They have a voice. They have thoughts. Yeah. They have feelings. You need little to hear people. them and know mm-hmm. what's up. They are. They're absolutely mm-hmm. just little people. <laughs> and I had to learn to apologize yes. and completely humble myself and yeah. bring myself down to your level and just try to be 
as relatable as possible. It doesn't always work, but <laughs> that's everything. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my hardest chapter right now is like when I'm rightfully me. All right, so we're back from the break. Um, so we're going to jump into since you porn. Tell us something about you, Miss Steph. All right. Since this is a, the meet and greet. Okay, so um, my name is Stephanie. And should I say my last name or no? Probably no. Not. All right, cool. My name is Stephanie. Um, I lived in Columbus, Ohio my whole life. Um, I am a parent, and that's probably the only thing that I can say for sure that I am right now. I do so many different things, and I'm just kind of dabbling in everything. Um, well, one other thing I do, I, I make like clothes and stuff. So um, I do printing and stuff like that. So I'm working on a few brands, actually. One I want to talk to you about, actually. I think it would be a, a good program. Um, so working on a few brands, I help other brands and print their stuff for them, too. And so that's one thing that I definitely do. Besides that, um, I'm doing this. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, a co-host on a podcast, you know what I'm saying? I am, I'm building, I'm building, I'm mm -hmm. building. I'm just trying to, to learn everything that I possibly ever want to know in this life. And do everything that I ever ever want to know in this life. Okay. So that's pretty much it. I feel that, and they'll get to know you more as this goes on. But yeah, I feel that. I, I think that's important too. We have a lot of time where we're figuring out what we're doing. You know what I mean? I, I recently consider myself a writer now. I've been writing most of my life, but I took like a huge break from writing, and I feel like you're not a writer until you like you're loving it, you're doing it. Like, I'm gonna be writing every day forever, and then you just like I don't want to write no more. <laughs> And then there was a part in that when I thought I would never go back to writing. And then technology came. And I'm like, damn, I really ain't going to go back to writing. And then one day I just <laughs> wanted to pick up a notebook again. And, and it's funny, even when I write poetry, it's different when I like write it in my phone versus when I write it on paper. You know what I mean? Agreed. And then I now analyze the different stages of when I take a break and then write and then take a break. And then I see, like, that's my growth. I can go back, review, analyze it, and change, you know what I mean, my writing around. So I got a question for you then. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't mean to put something else on your plate, but I heard you say something about you know you you're into therapy. Yeah. And you're into poetry. Mm -hmm. Are you going to do something with poetry therapy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think right now in this portion of me doing poetry, um, I'm using it to help people find their voice. No mm -hmm. different than I want to do with the podcast. So mm -hmm. a lot of people. They have some good stuff, or they just have some stuff that needs to be out there in notebooks, but they have never recited, okay. never got up. So that's been my portion, like, mm -hmm. that I was doing with poetry, which is easy to do through the open mics, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And through the various poetry events I did, there's so many people that came out, like, and I love getting those messages, like, I'm so glad I did this piece tonight, and I was so terrified, but yeah. thank you for, like, because I would damn near be like, yo, you've been saying you're going to come, like, mm -hmm. hop out and do that piece, yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. Or I don't want to hear about that piece no more. You ain't recited tonight. <laughs> you better do it, right. It's the third Thursday. Come on. <laughs> so now, yeah, I'm getting more into um, the education part of art, which art has so many facets and so many parts. And I'm and I'm entangled in art in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Poetry is not the only art that I partake in, too. So it's like I'm learning moderation. I'm learning to find my time with everything. And I used to be like, because I'm a binger. So, like, I'm going to write poems. I'm trying to do 10 right now. <laughs> so now I'm working on one poem, one event. You know what I mean? This thing, I got things keeping me busy, but they're all the things I do. So that's new. 
You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's really new because you got to have discipline. And sometimes I have ideas. I have events and poems I want to push. But I, mm-hmm. I too, in my heart, I'm like, it ain't time. This ain't right. Yeah. Well, like I said, man, and I told you this offline, uh-huh. whenever you get your book together, you yes. love to have you at the Poets Lounge, you know, mm-hmm. be a great, a great, um, <clears throat> a great event. You know what I'm saying? My thing is like get as many people as you can on Poets Lounge. That you know, it's it got to be your your time to shine. Get your book out there. Mm-hmm. People come and support it. Cause I I make people support our artists. You know what I'm saying? You got to, cause it's, that's how. Sometimes we're the only ones that will, mm-hmm. and we don't have those systems in place or those structures in place that other. Um, people have that that they're afforded to so this is our our system so what do you think will help poetry get as sexy as music Um, i feel like poets should be able to get deals and contracts like musicians personally that's what i'm going for i'm trying to get poets like like deals like contracts where they could live off of this i feel like even poetry pulls out so much more of me than just a song would you know what i'm saying yeah so much more emotional Mm -hmm. It's it's the mainstream part. You 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 know when you had the uh, Death Poetry Jam, mm-hmm. and any any of that mainstream. There's like a poetry movie coming out. I, I saw it online. I, I can't remember what it is, but it's coming out this summer. But any of that, like when you get your Jill Scotts and your Ericas to to do it, the more of that, then they get okay. those they get those deals. And then, like for me, it's like Matthias, yeah, one of the poets in Columbus. He started to do these like plays. Yeah. And I think that had you know that that evolution that piece is what's going to bring more people into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's where you you take your poetry and you you start to expand it in stories and and you know things like that. So I just think that it, it's an evolution, but mostly the yeah the the mainstream piece is is what's going to do it. I think. Yeah, and I feel like it's time. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. kind of ironic that a lot of musicians do poetry. Mm-hmm. They just don't pay homage to the poetry part. Like, yeah, I was right. doing music since I was two. Like, yeah. no, you wasn't. Right. You do a poetry <laughs> to nineteen, and then you start mm-hmm. rapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> poetry just beginning. don't sound as good as right. I was rapping. Yeah. <laughs> That's Before, what it is. dude. Yeah. It's not as attractive, and yeah. and but I love, but too, it's like. God, it's just evolution shit. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? Because everything won't be mainstream. And my mm-hmm. favorite things are underground, especially music. Mm-hmm. So it's like, damn, I really don't want yeah. that, but I want that. It I want them to have that. <laughs> but it's like, I really right. don't want that for them. This, but this, to get this paid, money for doing what they love. Yeah, to get paid, it has to go commercial, right? Yeah. yeah. There, there's an e- eagleness behind commercialism, mm-hmm. but it sustains a living. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So if you can figure <laughs> out how to balance that to where you're not selling out completely because poetry in of itself is against the the, the culture you the know system, it's yeah. it's it's a it fights that but the system pays so you got to be a smack in the what face would, if you made it work in the system right what would what would give it that what would make it to where the it's influencers not would have to be doing poetry it's just not it's like um what poetry is synonymous with you know what i mean like i said when most people think of poetry they think of beating it Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like Andre 3000, all of them were poets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yclef, most Dev. Like, my favorite musicians were poets. The right. Wale's. Like, they literally were poets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turned into musicians. So it's just like, I don't know. But again, they aren't mainstream either. Like, they're not people, right. they're not the influencers. They're right. just, you know just what I mean? Like if you them. know, you know, you're going to respect them. But they, if they say go do something, people going to be like, no. <laughs> no, right. Andre 3000. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. 
That's probably some witchcraft oh, stuff. Oh, I hate when people get in it. Oh, man. Bad. It's so much. <laughs> and it's so much how I see why it, it just has that stigma. Because no matter what they say, someone's going to demonize it and make it a negative thing that you're saying. You know what I think about all the time? Um, and this is probably a thought I shouldn't say out loud. But it's... it's <laughs> That's it, a perfect Because it's going to sound nuts, probably. <laughs> so, one of the, you remember CeeLo's song, If That Makes Me Cringe? Yeah, yeah. I apply that to so many things. <laughs> Knowledge in, in a way that is not, like, widely followed. Mm-hmm. Knowing things or speaking about things that are not widely followed, but make perfect sense because they're real yeah. and people don't want to hear now you're crazy yeah oh yeah you're just talking about <laughs> instead of really just talking about no no that's what the fuck it is bro. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> people don't want to that truth and that honesty yeah they don't like that but but yeah because like that form of uh it's, it's so that's why it's so hard when you tackle mental health and i do panels and we all sit down and people are like all right fix us and i'm just like it's so much wrong with y'all it, i can't today <laughs> like because it's so many, it's not just like you're doing this thing wrong. It's like you're doing this, which makes you do this wrong, and this thing makes you do this wrong, and they're all connected to each other. You know what I mean? And I, I don't even want to start the accountability and ego and, like, entitlement. And, like, people don't have boundaries. People don't know how to set boundaries. People don't know how to respect boundaries. That part. Communication issues, you know what I mean? Security issues, ego issues. And they like, definitely do all the... They and some things cover, you know, some of these things make you do this, some of these make you do other things. We can't, I can't even sit to pinpoint what's doing what. So to me, even even when I... even when I, Because I'm a practitioner, so even when I have clients in practice therapy, like, I get them to understand, like, I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to show you how to fix yourself. I'm here to show you, like, mm-hmm. how you can self-check every day, yeah. how you can do self-care every day. Because we all have bad days. I have days when I don't want to get out of bed, and I'm like, why am I going to work and paying these bills and loving these kids? Like, I'm about to get out of town. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> and then 10 minutes after that, I'm just like, no, I'm not that. I'm not a deadbeat. Let me are get you, up. <laughs> are, you also, are you also a former international dog? Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> you got all the trades. I might I have it. to be. <laughs> Yes, you and do then they come in the house and it's more anxiety because they want to do something else, which I love it. You know what I mean? But now you want to do ballet and now you want to do art, which I gotta encourage you on art. Absolutely. I ain't got no choice. Even the days where I don't want to take you, I gotta do it. Yep. And I think that's what we have to start showing and being honest about. Because when we were kids, our mentors that we looked up to that were celebrities were superheroes. Cause they and it was because they never told us what was wrong with them. Right. And now us, that's what's see. different. Like, I lead with my flaws. Like, I lead usually when I do an event. Like, I tell them some fucked up shit that happened to me, and I overcame it, and now I'm here talking to y'all here today <laughs> to make Absolutely. them feel more comfortable to share their story. You know what I mean? Everybody flaws in everybody. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Perfect, and, sure. But it's, it's, so many, it's so many issues, and I feel like, we're getting we're getting better at them now because now we're encouraging conversation and you can't you can't grow in anything if you can't be honest about it you right. know what I mean nothing can grow through a lie yeah. so Agreed. now I as, as much as I want things to be perfect I'm like it's changed it's definitely better men and women are able to talk because we definitely grew up in that era where we I, I never grew up being able to talk to a woman yeah. like it was always some crazy coming out or we were arguing yeah. it was never like <laughs> you know what I mean intelligent like conversing like it was always either tense. Or it was drama, but somebody else's drama we gossiping about, but we're not talking about anything constructive. Right. Mm-hmm. And we weren't taught that when we sit and think about it. But now we don't have an excuse. Now we're doing it, and now we know our kids need it. You know what I mean? So how, how was that with you? Just speak, just talking to women in general. Like, the evolution of that throughout your life. Well, I'll say that um, 
I've always like my my prior uh, moniker was Mr. Nice Guy. Okay. Like and so I had this poem called Nice Guys Finish Last where I was always the uh, the nice guy and then like the one time I wanted to do a little more and they're like no you're you're just my friend so I did a whole poem on that you know what I'm mm. saying but the skill of befriending women. It had more to do with my confidence on not going to the next level. Because yeah. if I felt like I could go to the next level, I would just go there. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> for me to feel like, well, nah, we don't have a chance. Let me get to know them as a person. That's that's really kind of messed up. But that was it's uh, the truth. <laughs> that's it how is. it was. <laughs> now in, in adult life, but what it, it kind of helped with um, with uh, promotion. So now okay. you know, now I'm promoting and I'm you know. I'm not expecting anything in turn. I'm just like, I want you to come out and have a good time. And that, that kind of saved genuine. me. you're genuine. Yeah, yeah. It saved me in a... Pro- I got laughed at a lot in the promotional world. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to say the names, too. but they were like, you going to let her skip the line? Is you, you you know, you uh, what, what's going on? I'm like, nah, man. They were like, oh, dog, you, you get used or whatever. But yeah. it was like, nah, it's, it's all good. And, and I feel like I'm a better person as a result. Absolutely. Nowadays, uh, I, I sub for a while. I did substitute okay. teaching. And so... Uh, I want to talk about like biases because mm-hmm. I didn't realize I had a bias until I started doing the teaching, right? Okay. And then I realized that when these these African American girls, these black girls, would come with a bit of passion and steam and, and like talk to me crazy, I'd be like, "Well, who is you talking to like that?" <laughs> but then I had to step back, like, "Nah, nah, stop. Check your check your ego. Absolutely. Mommy, check your ego. It's just an uncomfortable you know, conversation. And, and you have to." Uh, and I'm starting to notice that when you talk about race and bias that, yeah. you know, we, we spend more time talking to the guys in class. And I had to see that. I'm like, wait, I'm, when I talk about trades, I talk to the guys. I'm like, no, I need to talk to the girls, too. I had to, I had to change my paradigm with, with women and young girls because, they ha- because I started to compartmentalize them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no. Yeah, if, if you talk to these boys about construction, you damn well better talk, talk to, to these girls, girls about construction, you know what I'm saying? Talk to them about welding, and then when they come with that with that fire, don't don't get into your male ego and say, well, no, you you shouldn't talk to me. No, because they're just that's how they emote. That's how they, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I I, I need to check myself on, on so many levels because if I'm gonna talk to any other teacher about biases and and things like that, then I gotta yeah, understand my own. Practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was uh. It was it was it was eye opening on, on different levels, man. Okay. You know what I'm saying. But I think the most important now is to make sure these teachers can can back off because there's uh, you know, I I I will talk with a, a black woman in the profession and she'll get a little you know passionate yeah. and people that that takes them by surprise, right? Yeah, because everybody's I'm, paying attention to y'all. Yep. It's and like I'm, they're just watching y'all. Like what's gonna happen what, next? And not yeah. for the good is she gonna smack them? Yeah. yeah, and it's like, oh like my this God. is a good exactly. combo right. we're having. <laughs> Yes. Like, but, yes. but, but in the classroom, yeah. when these black girls are talking to them like that, it becomes insubordination. Yeah, it, it becomes yeah. you, you, you gonna get rolled up or you lower your voice. So it's like, what, what did you're I do? Discrediting them for speaking up for themselves. You're exactly. teaching them not to speak up for themselves. And y'all know that this is not just in the classroom, right? Oh, now. we this know. Is life, life. Like this is life. Literally speaking about it's, what I deal with on a regular. It's, it's, it's in the workplace. It's everywhere. And, and like for me. I don't want our girls to be harmed anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's like, it's, it's like, so how do we change this system? Once again, get back to the system. How do we change the system to where our girls can uh, can thrive? You know what I'm saying? 
and 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 survive not just survive but thrive you know what i'm saying yeah. and be themselves and without, feel protected yeah feel protected without yeah. without being uh you know i forget what it's called adulterization it's there's a word where you you because they you know they they move or act a certain way and we yeah. see them in the media You're making them our grow up faster yeah, than what they should be doing yeah. <laughs> so 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 our teachers they they feel like well who are you talking to like that or or you know it's like you know and a lot of them from the suburbs and then I can't even blame the suburbs because a lot of them is us you know what yeah. I'm saying we like like you know what I'm saying so we got we got it's a lot of work it's and a lot that of fuels, work like and again there's so many things connected but like once we start chipping away at the big things we can help you know what i mean other areas because that fuels too like this human trafficking crisis i feel like like make forcing these kids to grow up and making them do stuff like they shouldn't be doing by themselves you know what i mean i don't again i don't put nobody out there people live how they live but i cringe seeing little three-year-olds walk around neighborhood by themselves that's little kids at the corner store (laughs) like i i really be wanting to say something to somebody i know there's nobody i can say something to and i and i go home and i'll be upset but like it's the give and take I'm learning of the world, too. It's why I, I just try to under, understand my moderation because those are the things that, like, encourage you to go do an event to, to help people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I wouldn't have seen that, I probably wouldn't have had that same motivation to do right. this event. So it's like, it sucks. You know what I mean? It sucks because I hate seeing people go through shit, especially when I went through it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm equipped to help you not go through this now. You know what I mean? But certain things, is like, inevitable. Like, it was supposed to happen. And it's to perpetuate change. It's the revolution, you know what I mean? So somebody will get up and go do a difference about it. Like, nah, this is too much. Hopefully. So what do you feel like we can implement, even at home, even on a smaller scale, to start changing the system? To start at at home, what can parents do, you feel like? It's like you got to get parents to cheat code to to how to affect uh, their school system. Like, what parents don't know is that they are the voice that causes, like, administrators uh other teachers all that they don't change teachers parents are that voice that when teachers seem to move the the research shows that when a parent the parents uh committees are strong or those parent groups it affects how the teachers do their job Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's like giving them the skills just informing them on information a lot of this just boils down to information like what can you do what do you have the power to do your rights your power and just knowing what your your kids are, are learning in school and how can you support that show up you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's a, a it's a stigma in our communities like when our our black parents show up it's going to go down but no our schools need to invite them in like you know come come mm-hmm. come to the schools like be you know be involved you know and, and figure out how to uh, integrate our parents into the school system but i i think it's just it boils down to information. If they okay. know how these systems work, they can affect them a lot better. Okay. Because I think on the other end of that spectrum, that's definitely, that would definitely be helpful. You know what I mean? On the mm-hmm. other end of that spectrum, I feel like I definitely see that, and that's why I'm trying to work more, like, with the parents mm-hmm. when it comes to even mental health. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes, too, like, as people, we don't deal well with authority, mm-hmm. and we don't deal well with the system, and we fight the man, and it's like, they're not going to parent-teacher council and stuff because, like, I'm going to come in here and sit for two hours and y'all ain't going to change nothing anyway. It's that attitude. Right. You know what I mean? So, but like... That, but that that part right there, that that is difficult. What, what you're talking about right now is very... I see that attitude a lot. And I've been, I go to parent-teacher. I go to stuff like that. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Because you're, you're talking about breaking that generational uh, piece because, oh, yeah. you know, uh, 
Like I post like in in and, and as like a little experiment, just post on your page, should parents whip their kids? And you and, and, and see what we did a show on that. Oh man. Oh man. That's a hard one. Yeah. We did it. I don't whip my kids for. I'm a man of logic and principle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. But I don't whip my kids because I'm so big. I th- I feel like I would break them. I think mm-hmm. I would enjoy it too much too. So yeah. I just stay away from it. Yeah. But like two, I don't really need it. Like my oldest, my oldest son, he'll be 11 this year, and he just, if he thinks I'm disappointed in him, he's out the game. Like he'll yeah. shut down. You know yeah. what I mean. So he's that type of. He's just a thinker. I don't. Yeah. You don't have to touch him. Yeah. If he know he messed up and there's nothing he can do to fix it, you're just like, get out the way I got it. Oh, he's done. <laughs> yeah, he's done. He he going to come back with, he going to have to do something, make a spaceship or something and bring it back yeah. to you. Like, look what I did, Dad, because he's out the yeah. game. Like, he's just like, That's man, I'm a failure. really hard. <laughs> I feel like I talk, I talk a lot of shit. I'm going to whoop your ass. Yeah, I say yeah, that all yeah. the time. I don't never do it. Whoopings but don't work. Sometimes I, got I, sh- I think that they can in certain places. So here's I don't what think they work. I only will whoop you if after we didn't talk about the steps. You didn't listen. I told you what to do. You didn't listen. Then the next time you're gonna get yelled at. The next time I'm whooping your ass. So therefore, at this point, you whooping your own ass because you know that that's what's to come next. And obviously, <laughs> here's my thought. Listen, okay, and do correct and it's me. From no, it's from a mother. No, it's from a mother's perspective. So I do can't correct speak me if it y'all. comes to that. So listen, if I it's important to teach you these. Okay, so for instance, my son keep hitting his sisters. My son keep hitting his sisters. The thoughts, the the consequence is not big enough to keep you from doing the action, obviously. Right. So, There's a lesson in there too. Son. So next time, I'm going to whoop your ass. Like, what? <laughs> because then, then maybe it's big enough to where you'll feel like, oh, wait, and I should do that. Because we've like had this conversation to- 78 times, and I, I don't be whooping your ass. Why do you have that to, to be whooping on them? The, the, the problem with whoopings <laughs> for me is that the, the, the only thing is that they helped my mom in the moment, but they never stopped me from doing anything. Like, it never... I definitely don't whoop in the moment either. Like, like it, it, it never... Like, for me, everything bad I did, I never thought about getting a whooping. I just thought about, oh, I don't want to get caught. I that, did. That's yeah. where... That was the thing about whoopings. <laughs> like, don't get caught... So it just made me more. It, it actually made me on the kid. I was not like it that. It depends on the kid. I was like, she go up my I won't ass. say whoopings I, I work. I wasn't like that. I won't say whoopings work, but I will say in certain households, I feel they're necessary. And what I feel like whoopings are used for is literally just dominance. But that this, it can be used and you know what I mean, wielded. But I don't feel I like you're teaching them anything. In a dominant Area. I mean, it is though. Um, You're putting fear into them. And I'm trying. Well, b- you can't fear teach of doing fear. what you, you teach were doing. Resp- Remember the respect <laughs> thing we said in and the beginning. Not, yes, you gotta we teach have that. Respect. We talk about it and everything. But after 17 <laughs> times, I don't know what it. else I'm supposed to do. So, they, so in well, such a severe situation, and, uh-huh. and we're talking about my my son hitting these girls, right? And this Absolutely. is like pro- this is the most recent. It's the most thing I can tell you about. Mm. And he still didn't get one. But anyway, so if we're talking about this, right? And you're not being taught that. There's nobody else whooping nobody's ass around you. Right. Again, I say, I'm going to whoop your ass. Don't do that. And I never do. So, and this keeps happening. After conversation, after conversation, after conversation. And not just me talking at him. Us trying to have a conversation. Yeah. So, what do you? What, what's making you that angry? <laughs> well, how, how else can we deal with this or whatever? I just done put him in boxing. Yeah. Um, he needs, like, an outlet, too. Repurposing that energy. However, you also have to think about it. You are supposed to be a protector as you are a man. You do not hit these girls. Absolutely. So, conversation, 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 conversation. What do we do now? 
Uh-huh. I'm gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> and maybe it, I'm at the point where I don't know what else <laughs> to say to you. Yeah. I'm just going to. I'm, I get it. I'm gonna whoop your ass. Too. I get it. <laughs> My kids' moms whoop them. I don't have a problem with the whooping. It's just like you're not teaching them nothing though. And if you are teaching something, you're teaching that they can whoop their problems. So where's the lesson in here? (laughs) So, so with that that situation, it's like it's not comfortable. But so what I would start with is like it. So this is what we taught, and this this ain't the most comfortable conversation. But what we taught is that when when a guy has problems with women, he's he's there's something that he is manifesting as far as his relationship to you. So it may be a thing to where. Like you, you explore you and his relationships. Like you know, are you, you know, because, you know, you'll hear a lot of people if they didn't get along with their mom, they're not going to treat women well. Yeah. Same with women. Women have a problem with their dad. That the men ain't, ain't going to have anything yeah. coming. It's just it's a psychological thing. So the space is for, on your body. For him to hit these girls, you know, you got to look at is there a problem with you or your or your daughters like he has some he's manifesting something mm-hmm. somewhere to where he's letting his anger out on, on girls. girls i genuinely you know? feel like that's very true yeah, yeah. And, and so but kids go in and out of that too like mm-hmm. that's another portion too that we like i want to speak with with parents you know what i mean like because definitely in the beginning you freak out about everything like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. All of my kids haven't, but a few of them hit me with that hate you, and I heard you too. Like, what you say? <laughs> and the first time, like, it just throws you off. Like, damn, they about to hate me the rest of their life. I done fucked up. What, like, like, what did I do mad, wrong? You mad at me? <laughs> I understand it. You need a minute? Okay, cool. Yeah. And that's all cool. Yeah, be mad. Yeah. And I told them that too. You can be mad at whatever yeah. the hell you want to be mad at. You can be angry yeah. about it. You can have every emotion you could possibly feel. You can't hit Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and I feel like that too. It's it's so many things that we're going to do with them that's going to like question: Are we doing the right thing? But I feel like too is setting us up for success on the back end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're gaining our respect. They're getting to know us more. Because too, like uh, boundaries have to be established. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's hardest as a parent. I tell my kids like, we ain't gonna be friends till like we can pull up at the bar and drink. Then I'm your friend. Right now, I'm your parent. I'm not trying to be your friend. I don't want you telling people I'm your friend. They I think I'm your friend. Don't talk to <laughs> me like mom. I'm your friend. Like, we ain't doing that. You know what I mean? Because we ain't, you don't even have enough understanding to be having these conversations with me that I would speak to with my peers and colleagues. So, you know, you my child, and that's how we're going to keep things. Yeah. And that balance allows things to work. But, too, like like you said earlier with the co-parent thing, it's tricky. That's going to be a whole oh, yeah. nother yeah. Yeah. conversation for a whole nother day. <laughs> Because I got so much to say on that topic. <laughs> yeah, that, so is there anything you want to leave us with? Um, July 2nd, okay. we, we really the biggest thing this summer. Uh, in the state, um, you have the whole museum. You're going to have comedians. You're going to have seven lo- five bands, seven DJs. You're going to have our verses in the poetry room. Some Jay Martinez from uh, Dayton, Trip Fontaine. Dayton also... Uh, Javier Sanchez, national renowned speaker and comedian. Uh, myself will be going up against him, uh, hosted by B. Arlene. Um, it's it's uh, DJ Dami Styles will be DJing. It's uh, we're gonna have uh, Mina Robinson VIP artist exhibit in the beginning. Um, a dope fashion show, um, indoor outdoor party, uh, after party across the street. Um, that ticket. Um, only fifty dollars for the that party and the after party, 
and and for parties yeah. for parties <laughs> like this, we usually pay like a hundred. Like the taste over at Columbus State, you pay a hundred, and all you're doing is eating. We're gonna have chefs here, and, but uh, just get at me, uh, DM me, uh, Omawali Crowder at uh, on Facebook or just underscore Wally on Instagram, and uh, you know I got tickets. I can get them to you. Um, I do want to say we need more black male. Uh, therapists in education. Um, we need more black males in uh, SEL. We, we need them in this space. Um, we need them in this space. So I know that they're out there, but um, it is lonely in this space being one of the few black men uh, in a lot of rooms. Uh, we do have some more black women, and we need them as well but black men are just non-existent in this mental health uh, space. We just need more. So uh, if you're into therapy, if you're into mentoring, if you're into prevention, make that switch. Go back to school. It pays very well to be in the uh, school system, and you're going to make some change. So that's it. Look, anything you want to do? Um, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> This is her first day. Yeah, yeah, it's my first time. Next time. I got y'all. Tune in next time. (laughs) Well, I would definitely just say uh, we got some things coming up as well, Juneteenth, so make sure y'all looking out for that. Uh, Keep the conversation going. Stay black, stay proud. That's all I got. Oh, wait, no, we ain't done. I want to say thank you for providing this space because uh, it's it's appreciated. So don't don't cut it off yet. (laughs) I I do. This is this is. I I am honored to be on here. So I appreciate the time um, from two wonderful hosts that 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 I I love y'all voices. Y'all 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 really y'all really did it. Y'all brought it. This is a very easy conversation, so I appreciate y'all. Thank you. I I appreciate that, that. man. We definitely going to keep it going. We definitely going to keep it going. So I appreciate that. Thanks. All right, brother, cut it.